Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Welcome back to the Illuminated Word. Today is Thursday, January the 20th, and I'm David McLean. Today our reading comes from Acts chapter 3. We'll be reading verses 11 through 26. Previously, Devin walked us through the first 10 chapters of Peter and John healing a lame man. And then we pick up right after that healing. Verse 11 reads, While he was holding on to Peter and John, he being the lame man, while he was holding on to Peter and John, all the people, greatly amazed, ran toward them in what is called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he addressed the people, saying, People of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or or why do you stare at us as though we had made him walk by our own power or godliness? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had asked to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked to have a murderer given to you. You killed the source of life whom God raised from the dead. And we are witnesses of this. By faith in his name, his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. So the faith that comes through him has given him this perfect health in front of all of you. And now, brothers, I know that you did it in ignorance, just as your leaders also did. But what God predicted through the mouth of all the prophets, that his Messiah would suffer, he has fulfilled in this way. Therefore, repent and turn back, so that your sins may be wiped out, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that He may send Jesus, who has been appointed for you as the Messiah. Heaven must welcome Him until the times of the restoration of all things, which God spoke about by the mouth of His holy prophets from the beginning. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. You must listen to him in everything he will say to you, and everyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from the people. In addition, all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those after him have also announced these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your ancestors, saying to Abraham, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through your offspring. God raised up his servant and sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your evil ways. So here we are once again with Peter preaching a sermon. We have a new setting, we have new circumstances, but it's the same message. He starts in Solomon's colonnade, and the outer court of the temple, see, was surrounded by a porch inside the walls. If you can picture this uh, in your head, or maybe even uh, Google an image, I wish I could show you a picture, but I can't through podcasts. Uh, but, but the outer court of the temple was surrounded by a porch that was inside the walls. And along the east wall, two rows of columns extended the length of the wall and supported a, a wide roof that created um, like a three-aisle three portico, portico uh, called Solomon's Colonnade. And so here people would be sheltered from the sun, from the rain, from the elements, and such colonnades completely surrounded the temple area, and it was in them that the, like, the money changers had their stalls and the scribes did their teaching. So, as the crowd gathered in Solomon's colonnade, Peter sees this opportunity to start preaching Jesus. 
as at the moment of the healing, he really just distanced himself from any personal responsibility for the cure of this lame man. Uh, Peter tells the beggar, you know, or the lame man before he gets up, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth or the Nazarene, walk. And then as he starts his sermon, he explains to the larger group, by faith in the name of Jesus, this, this man who you see and you know, it was through the name of Jesus that he was made strong. It is in Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him that you all can see. And so whether the lame man even knew who Jesus was, uh, we, we don't know. That doesn't matter because the ones who had faith in Jesus and worked this miracle in his name were his servants, Peter and John. But the thing about them is they were not about to take credit for the wonderful thing that had happened. You know, it must have been a great temptation uh, for men like these to, to, and maybe for all the apostles, uh, but to make themselves the center of attention in situations like this. I mean, after all, we are all familiar with pride and how easy it is for us to, to take credit, to build a ministry around ourselves, around our skills, our talents, uh, to talk about what we can bring and what we can offer. And we tend to get this uh, really uh, big sense of our own importance. But see, Peter, he, was gonna, he wasn't going to have any of that. And he gave all the glory to God. He says, why do you stare at us as if it was by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? It wasn't by our power and our godliness. What had happened was attributed to the powerful name of Jesus. That is the one who is Yahweh's servant, the holy and righteous one. He calls the author of life. Uh, and so with the, crew, with the crowd looking to the two men for uh, an explanation, he immediately seizes this opportunity and preaches Jesus to them. Uh, you know, Peter, he has his audience and he capitalizes on this opportunity. And there's a lot of elements, the same elements in this sermon that are in the sermon uh, uh, back in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. Uh, he, he clearly presents his message by first telling who Jesus is, then how the Jews had rejected him, and then why their rejection was fatal, and finally what they needed to do to change the situation. And he tells this crowd they still had a choice, that God still offered them the opportunity to believe and receive Jesus as their Messiah and Lord. Uh, again, preaching mercy and grace. Uh, again, following the same pattern of a sermon on Pentecost, he accuses them of being directly responsible for Jesus at the hands of the Romans, um, but then telling them that, well, and also reaffirming the resurrection, uh, immediately affirms the fact that Jesus was not there. He said, God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. And so it was very important for him to reiterate uh, the, res the resurrection. Uh, to this group of people. Why? Well, because that's where their hope comes in. Uh, remember we talked last week, or maybe it was the week before, on the sermon uh, at, at Pentecost and how they had killed him. They had they had killed the, the only chance they had for hope, but that was okay because through the one they killed, that's where they would find forgiveness and hope. So again, this is very important for him to reiterate to them that even though you did this, you can find forgiveness through the one that you, you actually killed. Um, so I think it's really important in this sermon to, to see the pattern follows uh, the same as Pentecost, but, but also just to realize uh, that if we did something amazing like Peter and John, uh, I think, at least if you're anything like me, you'd be tempted to take credit for it. But if we can't give God credit for the small things, you know, how much more might we be tempted to take credit for the big ones, especially the big ones that would make us look 
wise or make us look strong, you know, above everyone else. Maybe not even above everyone else. But what about makes us look righteous? You know, makes us look like we are truly faith giants or whatever term we want to use. But see, Peter and John show us that that we're not the ones who ultimately minister to the needs of others, but that we need God himself to work through us. Our salvation is initiated by the Father sending the Son, the Son dying and resurrecting, and the Spirit indwelling in us. Our lives are testimonies of God's grace, not demonstrations of our greatness. And see, the, those who knew the Bible the best, the Jewish religious leaders, were often those who, who overlooked its most important truths. And Peter reminds the people that Moses, in Deuteronomy 18, promised that God would send another prophet like him. And now we know that this prophet was Jesus. Uh, and he was a true and better prophet um, whose preaching would determine whether or not his hearers would be included among the people of God. The Jews, Peter reasoned, should have known Deuteronomy 18 and therefore believed what Moses said about Jesus. What does that have to do with, with us? Well, as Christians, because we're so familiar with the things of God, we're sometimes the most immune to the gospel's power. Uh, not only should our lives point people to God and not to the things that we've done, but we need to realize that we, we may have heard the gospel so many times that we sometimes fail to appreciate its weight. And so when God speaks to us, um, sometimes we just simply are not ready to listen. So, again, our lives should point people to God and not to ourselves and how great we are. And also, when we read and hear the scriptures, we need to be able to listen to the Holy Spirit and respond in love and obedience. Thank you for listening, not just today, but each time you listen to The Illuminated Word. Our hope is that this podcast encourages you each time. Maybe you learned something new you didn't know before, but that it would encourage you to continue living your faith as you move uh, throughout your day. And of course, our prayer is also that you would see opportunities that God has opened for you each day to be a blessing to those around you in some form or fashion. And until next time you listen to the Illuminated Word, have a blessed day.